be curious. Because if you can just remember that each and every day with every single person, be curious about them professionally and personally. It just brings a whole new dimension to the relationship. This is Lead with Culture. I am Kate Volman, and on this episode, we're talking about less strategy, more humanity. We dig into what it takes to be a great leader today. I was joined by our senior coach, Michelle Marquis, for this conversation, and we ended up sharing three questions to ask yourself today to help you become a better leader, coach, and to grow your team. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, Michelle. So excited about our conversation today. I'm excited to talk about less strategy and more humanity. All right, Michelle, less strategy, more humanity. What does this topic mean? It's not anything new. I've been researching this for a while, and I found a Forbes article from 2019. So before the pandemic, people were starting to talk about bringing humanity into the workplace. And so what does that really mean? It's funny that you said 2019. Obviously, we should not have waited until 2019 to bring humanity into the workplace. But it is interesting how there's lots of different spins on it. In fact, as you're saying that, it reminds me of an article that I read recently about the number one leadership quality being empathy. That's another thing that people are really recognizing. Like As a leader, we have to have empathy for our people, especially today with so many things that have been going on over the past few years. And we have to really get back to that humanity piece of, hey, people are people. Yes, we're coming into work to do a role, but we're people. We have dreams. We have things that we want to do. We want to grow personally, professionally. So it's an interesting topic and one that you're right, it's not new, but it is important to have these types of conversations because they're not happening in every workplace right now. No, they're not. And the top entrepreneur in an article, they talked about the five challenges leaders are going to face this year after the pandemic. So remote work revolution, the war on talent, the talent shortage that's happening, the rise of automation, all this talk about artificial intelligence. How human is that? Changing nature of work, mental health. I could go on and on, but those were the top five. So one of the solutions or something to look at in a bigger way is the level of humanity in the workplace. So I want to talk about three ways to really add more humanity to the workplace. The first one would be investing in your employees' growth and development. And I don't just mean more training, all of that, but to start, I would say, is with your leaders and exactly what you just said, empathy. So they're actually calling them power skills now. Empathy is number one. Power skills for your leaders. It's so interesting because these conversations, they're literally just wrapped up in different packaging. We need that as human beings. We like the new shiny object. And so the media knows, hey, we've got to feed these people some information in a way that they're going to look at it from a perspective of, oh, this is new and I can do this. So I love that, obviously, investing in your people. So what are some ways that you feel like right now our leaders can invest in their people? There's so many things happening right now in the workplace. There's lots of companies laying people off. There's lots of people that maybe they don't have huge budgets and they think, well, investing in my people means I have to have a huge budget. So what are some things that anybody can do right now with the resources that they have to enhance their people's growth? I think the first thing is to really find out where the gaps are in what you think they should know. So start off with, again, doing an inventory of 
what are some of the top leadership skills that you're looking for? And then how do they line up? Just first identifying what those skills are that you feel like each one of your leaders needs to have. Obviously there's training, there's coaching. I feel like training you can start with, but then having ongoing coaching from your leader or your supervisor is super important so that you're always reinforcing that training. So if I said to you, Kate, I'd like you to have more empathy. Do you have an empathy button? You just press the empathy button and all of a sudden I'm going to have more empathy. So then there's ways to measure it. What's their EQ? There's all kinds of assessments out there now, have been for years on someone's emotional intelligence, taking a look at that, all the different skills under interpersonal communications, their influence, their ability to influence people starts with the leaders. In terms of investing in employee growth and development, you have to start with your leaders and then they can start to bring that development to people that report to them. Awesome. This is so important with the leadership. This is creating a coaching culture. And what I love about the coaching side of it is when you're able to not only tell people you need more empathy or you need to be doing this in a different way, it's when you're coaching them, you're identifying, hey, when you did this, when you talked to this person in the meeting in this way, that was awesome. These are the kinds of things that we need more of, that people need to understand. So you're calling them out on the things that they're doing well so that they know how to grow in those areas. In addition to, hey, remember in that meeting when maybe you had that dialogue with that person, like how could you have handled that in a different way? How do you feel that it made that other person feel? And now you're just calling them out in a way that they can coach themselves. Hey, where are we going? What is the goal? If we don't have the goal of the expectation of where we need to be as a leader, then obviously it's not as easy to coach that person up because they don't really know where they're trying to go. We have to do that for our people. It's the expectation. Right. And it gets back to not just what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. So it's focusing on the behaviors of your leaders. How are they behaving? How are they leading their people? That's what I mean about calling people out on it. Like they need to know when they did a certain activity, we need that positive feedback. And getting back to, again, humanity versus strategy, less strategy, more humanity. People are not leaving your company because of your strategic plan. Yeah. We are leaving because most of the time it's the leader because they're not feeling supported. They're not feeling seen, valued, heard. And nobody wants to work for somebody who doesn't have empathy for them and their situation, you know, who just is cracking down the whip and telling them, hey, you need to do this and finish this. And where's the PL and where's the report? And when did you get that Excel spreadsheet? And obviously, we need our people to do the role that they are required to do. But we talk about this all the time. People want to do good work. And as a coach and as a leader, it is our role to help them continue to do great work and to support them and to help them grow. We want to see them win. And I think today, a lot of leaders, it almost feels as though there are certain people that work for leaders who it almost feels like you're in a competition with them, or it feels as though they're not on your team. They're looking for ways to criticize you. They're looking for ways to put you down when that is not what we should be doing as working in an organization. Everyone on the team should be supporting one another. We're on the same team, guys. We want to be doing this together. That is the only way to create a coaching culture. Exactly. And people are looking for purpose, growth, and acceptance. So what's one way to get that? That brings me to number two, building a dynamic employee experience. 
So for years and years, I know that companies have focused on the customer experience. And I bet if you ask any executive, any manager, they all know all the specifics of the customer experience because they've focused on that. And even today, now with all the digital technology and everything else that's happened, they've had to adjust and they've had to transform a lot of their processes. You're not coming into a store anymore to buy a product, you're going online. So that whole customer experience has changed. So now the whole employee experience has changed. Remote workers, the technology that we have access to, people during that pandemic really spent time assessing their life. If I want to spend time at work eight hours a day, I want it to have purpose and meaning. So how can you bring that same focus and energy that you brought to the customer experience and the changes that you've had to make into the workplace? So looking at all of those dynamics, the whole employee life cycle. So from the start, bringing someone into the organization, how do you onboard them? Are you doing the best that you can to make them really feel welcome, understand the culture, the values of the organization? Did you do the hiring with rigorous discipline to make sure there was that cultural fit so they're not 60 days in and wondering, oh my gosh, this is not the right fit for me? So many of those pieces, I feel like that number two is one of those great ways to bring the humanity into the workplace. I mean, we talk a lot about hiring with rigorous discipline, and that's so important as anyone that is in a position to hire someone, we have to be very clear on who we are as an organization and what they can expect in the organization. Like be so brutally honest with anyone that you're talking to that you're about to hire. Be really crystal clear on like, this is who we are. This is who we're not. That's what we expect when somebody is interviewing with us. We expect them to tell us what they can and cannot do. We're actually hiring for the role that they can actually do the work that needs to get done in the organization. And the same thing for the organization, like the leaders need to be really clear on, hey, this is what you can expect. You want to work for some big high tech company that has all these different perks and sleep pods and all this like that might not be your organization. And that is OK as long as you're letting that person know so that you're starting up front with a lot of trust. Think about how much trust is already lost the second somebody starts on their first day. If they come in and they're like, wait, what? I was just talking to a friend of mine. She took a role a few months ago and within a week, she left the role that she actually really liked, but she left it because she thought it was this incredible opportunity. Turns out within a week, she was like, it is nothing like they said it was. And she ended up going back to the company that she was working with. And fortunately, they still had a role for her. But can you imagine how often does that happen in the workplace today? Because people are just highlighting how amazing they are. But now you're not creating that environment that they think that they're stepping into. It reminds me of that book by Joey Coleman called Never Lose a Customer Again. It's an awesome book, highly recommend. And he talks about how the customer journey can relate to both sides. So the customer journey of when somebody joins or when someone signs that document that says, yep, we're in and I hired you and we're going to work together. Within the first few days, you need to make that person feel so good about making that decision so that they don't have buyer's remorse, right? We've all had that buyer's remorse where maybe you've invested in a really great coaching program or you invested in something and then all of a sudden it was like they were all on top of you when they were trying to close the deal. But now all of a sudden you're like, where did this person go? Do you guys even care that I'm here? And that is not a good feeling, especially if you're making a big purchase. Now, talk about big purchase. You're deciding where you're going to spend all of your days every day. 
So we have to think about that in the same regard when we're onboarding people in the first 30, 60, 90 days, making sure this person feels like, wow, I made the right decision. I'm part of the right team. I am so excited and so happy that they did have that rigorous hiring process because I know to my core, this is where I'm meant to be. And that's what we want to feel. We want them to feel that way. And we want ourselves to feel that way as well as leaders. That's right. And they'll become some of your biggest advocates. Again, with this war for talent, someone who loves their job, what do they do? They tell everybody about it. So that's what you want. And one of the big questions that I like to have my clients ask is, would they vote for you as a best places to work? Ooh, that's a great question. Would they vote for you? What makes a best place to work? More strategy or more humanity? All right. So let's get to number three, because this one also, I feel like if you go online and you Google this, it's amazing how much data and information is out there. These ended up bubbling to the top for me in terms of top three and working with my clients. These are some of the things that we talk about in terms of being innovative, because a lot of the people that I'm working with, they already have a good culture. They've already put their leadership team through the culture solution training. They're in on it. They've got the six principles that are gaining traction. But what else? Those are the people that are going to be successful, constantly asking and pushing yourself, what else, what else, what else? Not just from the customer perspective, but the employee perspective. What else would make us the best places to work? So number three, get to know your people at all levels and let them get to know you. There's a level of vulnerability when I say that. So what would be one thing you would do, Kate? As you said that, I thought someone's listening and they're like, wait, whoa, I could feel someone back away. Like, I want to get to know my people, but wait a second. I don't want them to get to know me. Absolutely. And it's real. However, I feel like this is one of those areas that could really break open this whole focus. And one client that I spoke to recently, she was asking the same thing. Like, how do I get to know my people? How do they get to know me? So we talked about creating a reinforcement log. Within that reinforcement log, each one of those people that she has direct report, when's their birthday? When's their work anniversary? Where's their favorite restaurant? What is their favorite food? What do they do for hobbies? So this whole list of really getting to know your people. And then I said, well, where's your reinforcement log? So I want you to fill that out as well. And then you share it with your team and do it intentionally. Talk about it. Because if you really wanted to reward an employee that had done something great or above and beyond, wouldn't it be great to go back to that reinforcement log and be able to send them to their favorite restaurant? Or let's just say their favorite performer is pink and you know that pink is coming to town and you could get tickets. That's the kind of next level engagement and getting to know your people. They will never forget that. Just giving them a $50 bonus or giving them money. But I go back to Maya Angelou, my favorite quote of all time. People won't remember what you did or what you said as much as they will remember how you made them feel. And to just take that little extra step is huge. That is a huge impact. And people want to feel seen. Even if you don't have huge budgets to buy all these expensive things for your team members, asking them, hey, how's your mom doing? Because you knew that she was sick. We certify dream managers. So our answer to that question is you start asking your team members about their dreams and you get to know the people through those dreams. You get to know what's important to them. And the dreams that people have are so 
beautiful things like, hey, they want to lose some weight. And so if one of the dreams of your people is losing weight and you start having conversations around health and fitness and for me, like health and fitness is such a big part of my life. And so anyone that knows me knows that. And so talking to people like you guys, sometimes you'll ask me certain questions about fitness or exercise and things. And I'm so happy to share because that's a love and passion that I have. And just like you have other passions that we get to talk to and we kind of learn about each other through talking about the dreams that we have. And so just recognizing and remembering some of those things, not because you have to, not because you give out the birthday cards every year because they're on the Excel spreadsheet and everyone gets their annual birthday card, but more so like, I can't believe you remember that conversation that we had about me wanting to go hiking in Colorado and then helping me make that happen or something around that. So that is the easiest thing that you can do today as a leader is start asking your team members about their dreams. And you can do it really simply. It could be during a team meeting and you can let people know before the meeting because some people are introverts and they don't love sharing too much about themselves, but let people know, hey, we're going to share, bring one dream that you want to share with the team. And it can be as personal or not as you want it to be. That's really what creates that environment where you do feel like you're supporting each other. You do feel like you're growing together and you do feel like you're getting to know each other and getting to know the way people work. Like you said, getting to know people at all levels. It's also fun to figure out how does somebody think? Like, Michelle, you and I work together so well. We are very different in some ways. We are similar in some ways, but I know how your brain works. When we get off the call, I will sometimes know how Michelle's freaking out. And because we've gotten to know each other, because you've let me into your work process, how are you thinking about things? When something happens, I kind of already instinctually know now how you're thinking through something or how you're going to make that decision. And so that helps me help you. And that is what we get to do as a leader is to get to know people in all of those different areas. But I find it so fascinating to really discover how your people are thinking and working and how are they approaching a certain project. If they have a project they're working on, you can even ask them like, tell me your thought process. How did you go about figuring out this way of doing the project? I would have done it differently. Your way is great. Tell me how you did it. I'm so curious. And then you get to know people's work process, which is really important. I love the word you just used. Be curious. Because if you can just remember that each and every day with every single person, be curious about them professionally and personally. It just brings a whole new dimension to the relationship. It sounds so simple. I remember a long time ago when I was working at a company and I watched the general manager come down into the billing department and he sat down next to a billing clerk, didn't schedule a meeting. And he said, show me what you do. He did that all the time. He did it and it was genuine, authentic. He was curious. He just wanted to know, but it was a way for him to get to know people. And he became so approachable. What kind of a leader do you think he became? And how productive and successful were we during his time as our leader? It was unimaginable. When he left, people were crying in the hallways. You can't train someone to create that. It has to come from your heart someone who really wants to get to know people, show them that you care, people will follow you, lead you. They will want to join you in making that mission happen. It's incredible. And such a little thing, right? He just walked down set 15 minutes, didn't spend a ton of time, but the impact was amazing. I love that. That's another great question for leaders to ask. How would your people feel if you left? 
my friend wrote a book called Follow You Anywhere. And it was about the leader that he worked with for many years. And it was one of his mentors. And I was like, what a great title. Follow you anywhere. I'll go wherever you go. It's like when people leave a role and they go to another company and they take some of the people with them because they're like, no, I can't work here without you. That is the kind of environment that we want to create in our organizations. Our people cried when we left. How amazing would that be? I mean, we don't want anyone to cry. No, but you bring up another point that pops back to number one. If you are one of those leaders and you have captured the heart of your people, how did you do it? Write it down so that you can share that and be intentional about how you're going to grow your next level of leadership. I actually had a conversation with the CEO. She feels really good. Three years into her role, they are firing on all cylinders, having tremendous growth. She's got her team in place. She's doing a phenomenal job. And I asked her, how did you do it? Could you sit there and walk me through how you did it? She goes, well, I don't think about it. I just do it. I go, okay, what a great exercise for you to do is capture that so that you could do it again. And then you could help your people become the coach for your leaders, your executive team. Teach them step by step. Don't take those little steps for granted. And the way to do that would be to ask your people. Sometimes people are just so good. It's almost like their superpower. It's their superpower in them to be great coaches, great leaders in that way. They don't really know why. And so even asking the question, like, write it down. I don't know, Michelle. But if you start asking your people, what do you appreciate about working here? What do you appreciate about working with me? What do you look for in a leader? What are the qualities that you really appreciate in leadership? It reminds me of the conversation we had during one of our episodes with True Scripts and stay interviews. We did a whole conversation around stay interviews and how important that is to identify, hey, why are you working here? Why are you staying in this role that you're in? And people will tell you. And we need to hear that. And only by getting that feedback can we then figure out, okay, here's the path. Here's how I want to really develop and grow the leaders that I'm leading. That is your task. That is the homework. So we've given you some good questions to consider in this episode. So we hope that you really take some time to think about those questions. What does that look like for you? How would your people feel if you left? Would your employees vote you as a best place to work? Those are three questions. And then the next one is asking your team members, why do you like working here? What do you appreciate about me as a leader? And don't be afraid to ask that question and to receive that feedback. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I hope that everyone enjoyed this conversation and is really going to take action. You know, when we started this podcast, one of the things that we talked about was how important it was for us to really give ideas and tools that people will walk away with, not just listen to an episode, because we can all just listen to an episode and go about our day, but for it to really change you in some way, even if it's a small thing, something that we talked about, something that we said that really helps you push your leadership forward, push your business forward, and really help you create a dynamic culture where your people People do feel seen, supported, heard, valued, and people enjoy coming to work and accomplishing great things together. So if you are interested in learning a little bit more about Floyd and potentially doing some coaching, obviously we certify dream managers. A lot of the leaders that we work with, they need a coach to help them ask these great questions, to really think about how they're leading, to think about how they are dealing with their people, leading their people, and ultimately growing their business. So we would love to have a conversation with you about some of our coaching programs, and you can go to Floyd Coach coaching.com to schedule a call. You'll probably talk to Michelle, actually. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, lead with culture. 